0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sherrod, and this is episode 91. In this episode, I will be interviewing Dr. Todd McDougall. Dr. Todd got his doctorate from Palmer College in chiropractic, formed the Indiana Scoliosis Specialist, 2008, in Fishers, Indiana. He was the events chiropractic physician for the Arnold Classic in 2014. He was the event chiropractic physician, world's strongest man in the 90 kg weight class in 2016. Events chiropractic physician, America's strongest man, 2014, 2015, 2016. He's been the president of the International Chiropractic Association of Indiana from the 2015 to the present. Now, he's done a lot more than this. You can check that out on his website. But in this podcast, Dr. Todd goes into some of the do's and do nots during strength uh, sport events, and as well as just some of the things that are going on in the sports performance industry and how we can make them better. So without further ado, let's get clean.
1: Yeah, so just tell everybody who who you are, what you do, where you work.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Uh, Todd McDougall. Uh, I am a chiropractic doctor um, about 25 years ago. Was asked by a professional strongman athlete, Dr. Uh, Chad Coy, to uh, come up with a way to discover um, how to keep an athlete strong after a chiropractic adjustment. Um, he actually said the the term sprung. He said, "You know, I, I I love getting an adjustment, but the the problem is is that you know if I get an adjustment, my back, my hips, everything feels loose. I don't have my strength." Uh, And so, you know, as that is the case, it becomes problematic if you're a strength athlete, right? So um, we went ahead and um, took a lot of the information uh, that included uh, the data that was out there and the reason for the switch from a stretch, uh, both a dynamic stretch and then also a um, static stretch and uh, discovered why they got away from those things and went into this thing called dynamic warmups. Dynamic warmups came about about the mid-'90s, and now most people, especially your generation right now, they are just accustomed to that being part of their warm-up process. Right. <clears throat> um, but nobody at this stage of the game actually knows why. Isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like um, – maybe the people we look to have said that and it's like okay well the best in the game are saying that then that's probably what you should do without probably going and doing the whole the research to be like well they were doing this before and were they tearing hamstrings left and right if not then why did we go away is it just because maybe it looks cool you know
2: well (laughs) now it's kind of coming back because it looks cool i think people have kind of come up with this this idea of uh well you know this here that that increases your flexibility they they not understand that you know when you've already got a pump or you're already warmed up that you can actually with a ballistic stretch tear something right right so that could I've be I've actually
1: bit. read that in a few of those russian texts that they talk about that i'm like up oh, that, okay that's interesting Wait well a minute.
2: <laughs> if you even go even further back Leo what you're looking at is is uh you go back to 1910 So in 1910, a doctor by the name of Hoffman actually discovered that if you go ahead and you do a static stretch, that there causes the motor pool excitability to change. And so what that means in essence is, is that, that, that stimulation after a stretch has changed so much that decreases the number of muscle fibers That are integrated neurologically, creating the maximum force and Mm -hmm. maximum neuromuscular recruitment. Right. Now, did that make any sense to you? Yeah, but you're saying that
1: applies to the static stretch or the dynamic stretch? Uh,
2: A lot of people are conflating the two. Right. Right. So that's why I think it's important to call it a dynamic warm up. People mm-hmm. will go ahead and conflate the two and say, a dynamic stretch, and a dynamic warm-up are the same thing. they're not. Okay. And I think that's important, right? right. Um, and just like that statement that I made here with the decrease in neuromuscular recruitment, in other words, the number of muscle fibers activated right. when you want to try and move something, you know, pick it up and put it down, right? Um, that, that changes significantly. It drops. It's worse when you go ahead and you go to a stretch and then you bounce it.
1: Okay, so it's actually okay. worse. So the so the static
2: stretch would allow
1: you to recruit more or just the amount that you're supposed to, whereas the dynamic warm up may take actually away from the ones you can recruit.
2: No, no. no. Actually, the dynamic warm up <clears throat> you're actually mo- moving through a pattern of activities that are preparing you to do the motion in competition that you're you're uh, you're expected to perform okay mm-hmm. so the movement patterns are set so that you go ahead and you'll maybe swing your legs you may go ahead and jump you may go ahead and bounce you see that in a lot of track athletes for example
1: so i think the the problem is that maybe what we think is a dynamic warm-up then is wrong <clears throat>
2: it's
1: like what you just I, said the dynamic warm-up yeah. is what
2: you want the stretching yeah. aspect is not
1: yeah and I think that's yeah, that is the problem, like you said in the first in the very beginning. Yeah, like when I'm thinking about it, I'm not thinking like that. So it's like, oh, okay, that's what the problem
2: is. Right. <laughs> and so it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. how everybody can get it confused, just like you did right there. So let's go ahead and just for clarity's sake. If you go ahead and you stretch, in other words, you touch your toes, okay, mm-hmm. that's a stretch. Or you go ahead and you lie on your side and you roll your leg over, that's a stretch. Okay. Ballistic stretch is a stretch with a bounce. So if you bend over and you touch your toes and then you bounce, that is a ballistic stretch. The first type of stretch decreases the number of of neuromuscular recruitment fibers to engage in a lifting process, right? Or a performing Mm. process Mm. when you're wanting to activate the musculatures. The ballistic stretch is even worse because it blows even more of them out. Hmm. Okay. And so does that make sense to you so far? Yeah. So okay. It be Like if you went ahead and you laid on your back also, and you stretched your leg over, that's a low back and pelvic stretch, right? If you yeah. bounced it, then what happens? That becomes a ballistic stretch. That bouncing will go ahead and in- incorporate how many joints also. So the more joints that you have that you've just stretched through the worse the reaction is going to be, right? So you're going to really blow out everything as far as your neuromuscular recruitment. In other words, you're going to be weaker. Right. Or you're going to feel sprung and loose, that kind of thing. And so what I just described to you with that lumbar position is the very position that most of our chiropractic colleagues, people that do body work, people that will go ahead and try to... um well, athletic trainers are trying to do it so they're trying to clunk the lumbar spine they're trying to clunk the si joints and what's happening is across the board is that they're literally blowing out the entire motor pool activity so you're weaker case in point buddy of mine uh, who won the 2020 World strongest man is um uh alexi novikov <clears throat> alexi told me that he actually had gone over to dubai mm-hmm. Had a doctor that went ahead and did that kind of application to him the side posture roll with the hook, the stretch, the bounce. And literally, um, what Alexi described it was is that he broke my back. I strong before, I weak after. And I said, Of course. And he goes, You know this? I go, This is why I don't do that in strength events. There's a different kind of application for chiropractic based upon the type of sport that you're you're taking care of, the athlete that you're taking care of. So as there should be, you know, when you go ahead and you do massage, for example, there are different kinds of massage for different cases or different situations. Same thing with massage. You don't stretch in the middle of a competition as a massage therapist. You may be able to do some compressive things you may be able to go ahead and do loose mobilizations and things along those lines, as long as you don't get into the joint capsule, as long as you don't cause stretching in the fibers, as long as you don't cause stretching of those fibers in the muscle, the tendons, or the ligaments. And the same thing goes too. Your discs also have neurological components. So as we're talking about all of these things, you don't want to alter that neurological foundation either. It's really sciency, right? But does yeah, it? I mean, am I explaining it okay?
1: Now cuz see now I I was thinking that you were saying like static and ballistic uh like the static was was actually good the ballistic was bad and no you're saying ballistic is actually even worse than the static Correct. because of 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 it recruiting more which makes it more vulnerable No well, what happens is it hurt.
2: shuts down the ability for the body to recruit muscle fibers So less muscle fibers means weak So you and want then, you you okay. want to preserve the neurological threshold for strength with everything you do as a provider
1: now now like to your point i don't know how many like sport athletes would
2: that you deal with
1: but would they have use for the ballistic or the static i think i think
2: what you can say is is you can go ahead and apply it to the sports specific all Mm -hmm. right but in strength sports and strongman you don't do it okay you don't do it. I've been I've been taking care of strength athletes for 25 years. And the one thing that, you know, and the whole reason for my technique applications that I'm that I teach and the information that I share is to kind of get doctors redirected so that they go ahead and they they take care of their athletes the best way possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it really it's not about me. It's, it's information. You know, it's information yeah. to get out there. And, um, you know, I, you know, opportunities like the Swiss, Dr. Kanakin invited me last year, he's invited me again this year. And, you know, we had just an awesome experience there. And uh, it's, you know, for my work, you know, in the last 25 years of, of being one of the leaders in in sports science, as far as what I do with strength athletes in particular, um, he gave me the lifetime achievement award, which is such an amazing honor. But if you go and you look around, I'm the only person talking about this on the planet.
1: I feel like it's something definitely overlooked. And like, even me, it's like, I I can't remember which I was reading. It was either super training or science of sports training. And they were going into like eight different types of stretching. And I was like, I was reading it, but I was definitely like, uh, okay, okay. But like, all right, well, now talking to someone like you, it's like, you could be, you know, you could be asking for somebody to not only perform better, but maybe even getting hurt and you're thinking you're doing the right thing. And it's like, Oh,
2: this can't Well, be here's really another serious. policy. Okay. I mean, you're probably familiar with uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, like a, a reactivation. So basically what I see a lot of doctors do is that they'll go ahead and put the patient into a side posture application In the middle of an event and then they'll go through exercises to kind of reboot the system and they call that they consider that a reactivation or a neural reset well i'm sorry that doesn't work not in strength athletes once the toothpaste is out of the tube you're pretty much done the other component is how many people are we going to experiment on in the middle of a competition that that athlete can actually get anywhere from seventy-five dollars to $100,000 purse for winnings, in other words. Who wants to be that guy? So who wants to blow that guy's potential up, just like they did with Lexi Nokov. Think about that. Because at the end of it, he got zero. Right. Yeah. And he could have came in wow. and the whole thing, <laughs> right? So th- this is the thing. As a provider, we need to actually take into consideration those things. And if you don't know, it's just like, for example, you don't want to scrape tissue in the middle of a strongman event. And the reason why is because when you go ahead and you lift weights, are you building tissue? or Are you breaking tissue down? You're breaking tissue down, are you? That way, then you go through the healing and and, and the healing phase to, to go ahead and get your gains after, right? And you go ahead and mm-hmm. make sure the nutrition's right you make sure you know do the massage after go ahead and get the muscle fibers in there working get the blood flow going get the lymphatics going you know you make sure make sure everything's just right right that's healing and then you go ahead and you make your gains you know this i mean you know this is something i'm sure you work with your clients all the time on right, right. So you don't mm-hmm. scrape a person in the middle of that because you're breaking down tissue if is you have issue like a bicep that's a strain and you scrape it more what's the likelihood you're going to go blow that bicep or tear it right, more, more. <laughs> i mean listen you're thinning it out right right okay so another thing that i'm seeing a lot hmm. of uh, providers do because it's cool i guess is i'm seeing a lot of people dry needle in the middle of the straight sport okay what? um yeah they're dry needling <laughs> okay now I, based upon two different um top flight level physical therapists that i know in our area here in indianapolis these guys both told me they're like you know what you don't know what an athlete a teenage athlete how they're going to respond in a closed environment when you dry needle now a teenage athlete is going to bounce back a lot faster than i will you know nearing 60 right Mm -hmm. probably even you that's about what you 30 now 28 i'm getting 28 right (laughs) you know so i mean you think about it you're going to heal a whole lot faster right i I got dry needle before and the
1: next day lifted and my back was messed up and i was like oh i gotta take some days in between this that's
2: right that's right so let's go ahead and do a dry needle in the middle of a competition that you're trying to win a world record on somebody you don't know (laughs) don't make any sense Mm. so you know the other component that that another thing that people About is you have to look at your environment so if you are in a rodeo corral and you're in the middle of a strongman event and you've got dust flowing floating all over the place right and then you're going to do a little alcohol swab and then you're going to stick a needle through somebody's skin into into muscle tissue okay what's in the corral horses right oh, okay. shit. <laughs> yeah exactly Horse food, okay now if you step on a nail. What what are most what are, what's your biggest concern when you step on a nail? Gang infection, right? Yeah. What kind of infection? What do they call it? You know. Is
1: it tetanus or something? Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know where tetanus comes from?
1: Or species Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> there you go. uh,
2: okay. Now listen, <laughs> I'm not a rocket scientist here, but I'm just thinking that if you go ahead and you rub somebody down with a little bit of alcohol. And then you're going to stick a needle with all that horse feces dumping in the air. What's the likelihood that you could put you have the potential? Okay, let, let's say, what is the potential? You can poke that into somebody's skin and give them tetanus.
0: Could yeah. it happen?
2: <laughs> if it were me, the way my luck is, I would have tetanus, which they also call lockjaw, and then I wouldn't be able to talk to you on like, you know, this format. <laughs> <laughs> See
1: what and I mean? People have done that. Here's so another component. Seen, I was
2: you, you, you've seen that. That that happened. I'm just telling you, it's happening out <laughs> there. And these are by doctors who are being added into strength sports. Okay. And as a whole, everybody who's there thinks that they're in good hands. Hmm. Think about that. Because they're a doctor just like me. So therefore they know what I know, right? no they don't assume right so let's go ahead and cu- let's make this more interesting okay it doesn't matter what are pt a chiropractor whatever i'm just i said provider right so i'm not picking on anybody in particular but have you have you smelled your weightlifting belt and weightlifting gear lately yeah <laughs> okay okay everybody knows what i'm about to say that stuff stinks Okay. So let's go ahead and get it all super soppy, sweaty. Also, when we go ahead and we compete in the contest? Doesn't matter if it's powerlifting, doesn't matter if it's you know Olympic lifting, doesn't matter if it's strongman, whatever, right? So why does it stink? Firstly, stinks because it's full of bacteria. Okay. Bacteria can cause problems in your body, right? If it's reintroduced and your body's not ready for it. So Let's go ahead and have all your soppy, sweaty gear on, and then go ahead and have a soppy, sweaty shirt, pull all of that off, and then use a little alcohol swab again. Okay. And then drive a needle in there. Listen, there are people that are getting flesh eating bacteria in a clean, safe office, and they're <laughs> and they, they end up in the hospital. So why in the world would we do the same kind of thing with athletes in the middle of a competition? doesn't make any sense, but see, the thing is is that everybody's so concerned about doing all, all kinds of things to look like they know everything rather than just get to the work and say, okay, how can I keep this athlete safe? How can I go ahead and maximize their, their ability to perform? And if they're injured, how can I keep them in there as long as we can so that they go ahead and they get the maximum a, you know, opportunity to win money that because isn't that my job yeah you know so I, I, it, there's a lot of things like that you know that i that i see that go on in strength sports and a lot of it you know it's it's risky for the athlete and so, you know, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to go ahead and share, you know, some of these things, you know, one, you know, how to preserve the, the athlete's strength, and then two, how to go ahead and maximize their performance with the, the methodologies, which we can talk about here in a little bit if you'd yeah. like to, but also at the same time, what other things should you not do to that athlete in the middle of a strength sport?
1: Did not is probably real big.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's huge, man. I mean, I tell you what, flesh eating bacteria—that's a really big. <laughs> right, right. I'm just saying, you know. Right. So, but you know, does that make sense? Yes,
1: yes. I mean, and so, like, so you're, you know, I'm guessing your specialty a lot, and what we're going to talk about a lot, who you deal with is all the strength athletes. So, when you're at these events, what are some things and? Uh, or tools and methods that you have used and what were the reasons why you used them for the different events. So we know, you know uh, what not to do and what, and what therapists should be doing at these, at these events and what to stay away from. Like, yeah. How, what have you done? Since
2: you know, I, I, I tell things. you, it, it's interesting. I've had, I've had people blow their kneecaps off doing, you know, axle and, or, you know, log Ooh. presses, things along those lines. I think the the one thing that I I would like to see happen is I'd like to see the people who are attending uh, those events, you know, EMS personnel, fire firemen, firefighters, people are going to go ahead and, and engage in the, the broken athlete, for example, um, ahead of time, sit down with somebody like myself and just kind of review some things. Case in point, when you go ahead and you blow your knee, kneecap off, all right, you want to go ahead and try and do everything you can to stabilize that patient. You know, if you can blow both of them off, you can blow one of them off. I've seen both, Okay. Um, when you go and you transport that athlete, you want to go ahead and make sure that everything is as stable as it can be. Sometimes you go and you leave the, um, the, uh, the, your SBD sleeve on, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, in fact, if you know, it's pretty much gone, you probably should transport that athlete as quickly as possible that way. If by the time I go ahead and I get to the athlete and they've already got that, that slipped off, then I go ahead and I have to assess, okay, how can I stabilize that in such a way that it's not going to create permanent nerve damage? It's not going to create a clot. It's not going to put pressure on the, the, the vasculature in such a way that it's going to shut down one direction or the other. And movement pattern um, um, or movement and repositioning needs to really be um, a, a big concern. So when you go ahead and you do move that athlete, you don't want to go ahead and pivot them on, on the leg that they just blew off, right? And I've seen that happen too, where, you know, they put the athlete on the wrong way. They didn't stabilize. They didn't support. They, you know, I mean, even if you put a bag of ice underneath of the the leg to help with offset, maybe some swelling after you, you blow the patella off, is it, it's there to go ahead and be a, a, a uh, a lift. So when you go ahead and you have the leg, you know, extended, the leg doesn't, you know, basically fall backwards, fall down. Uh, When that falls down, that creates compression on all the, 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 the blood vasculature and et cetera, et cetera, that's under there, all the anatomy, right? So you want to go ahead and support it. So maybe you put a bag of ice under here, right? And then you go ahead and make sure that that athlete's going to be okay. And then they transport to get to the surgeon as quick as they can. And that seems like a real simple idea, right? It should be. <laughs> it's not. And it's messed up. And it's but it's but that, that it's, kind of thing yeah. is messed up. When the EMS, you know, it's just strength sports are different. And I think it's fair to go ahead and say that, you know, it should require a little extra education in that arena. Like maybe they, they,
1: yeah, they're EMS, but they take some type of course with people like you where it's like, Hey, you know, I, I deal with only these guys or a lot of these guys. Here's some, there's some tweaks you're going to need. You know, I'd imagine it's no different than, you know, if you're dealing with an old folks home and then all of a sudden you got to pick up somebody that weighs 600 pounds instead. I mean, the requirements, how you lift that person may be a little bit different. I'm well, the sure big so. thing
2: in that instance is as a provider, how you don't hurt yourself. Right. Trying to give aid. I mean, and that's one of the things for me and the technique applications that I've developed. You know, when I'm working on, you know, people like, you know, maybe a Brian Shaw or a Hathor or a you right. know, uh, uh, Tom Stoltman or, you know, a Robert Oberst, you know, these guys are all upwards of almost seven feet tall. And so when we're working on them and they're 400 and, you know, 400 to 450 pounds, um, I have to figure out a way not to hurt myself, but at the same time, maximize the adjustment in such a way it's not going to negatively affect their motor pool excitability, right? So we want to try and do everything we can to go ahead and preserve their strength while they're getting an adjustment. So it also is very awkward if you go ahead and have somebody, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 6'3", Um, and you know, for me, uh, at that height, you know, I'm still dealing with guys that like I said, are almost seven foot tall. Well, that's a lot of human being that you're going to try and move around. And also at the same time, what's the likelihood you're going to put somebody in a side posture and really, really be effective one, but that's okay. As long as you do it in the office, in competition, not done not done unless they're finished with the the, the day and mm-hmm. possibly out of the contest for the remainder of the contest. Uh, that's the only, the only reason I would even consider doing it if there's a ton of rotation, but most of the difficulty in low back pain, low back problems is coming out of the lumbosacral area. So in other words, the pelvis and the tailbone.
1: Yeah. Which I've had, I've had some issues in the past myself. Um, It got better once I started doing a lot of FRC, and it pretty much went away. And I don't know if it was mostly because my hips were just so terrible before. like I wasn't really doing any hip mobility work. And then my adductors were, like, shut off and non-existent, Mm -hmm. um,
2: as well as the low abs. So it was kind of like none of the surrounding
1: musculature was was good.
2: When Uh, I look at, when I hear those kinds of things, you know, I mean, as a chiropractor, I take actual x-rays. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my colleagues do not. A lot of the schools aren't promoting to take, you know the, the fact that you really should take X-rays. A lot of it is because they're not training the doctors how to neurobiomechanically interpret them with skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and as that is the case, it's becoming a lost art. When I was in college 26 years ago, you know, after when I graduated 26 years ago, that was a major component of our education system, how to go ahead and take or extrapolate the information that you collect off the patient compared to what you see in the hard copy and the x-ray and then what you go ahead and you assess during the examination and you put all three <clears> together <throat> to go ahead and give you a working diagnosis so that you can go ahead and maximize the care strategy based upon the data collected right now and within the industry we're hearing a lot of a lot of uh rumblings about this this stuff called evidence-based science or evidence-based medicine, or in my industry, evidence-based chiropractic. Yet at the same time, I think the argument falls short in that when you go ahead and you have a bunch of people that won't take a set of x-rays, which is hard copy, and learn to interpret it in such a way that you can go ahead and apply it to that patient, and then you go ahead and you depend on things like the inner reliability of the chiropractic palpation or osteopathic palpation or athletic trainer palpation or, 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 but we'll talk about chiropractic in particular, chiropractic in particular, um, whereas less than 30% inter-reliability of palpation exists. Well, Whoa. if that's the case, that means between all the doctors, you have a 70% chance of missing it.
1: Why Which do you think they still went away off? from that? They went away Why? from that, Chris. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I think... There is a movement within the chiropractic profession to appease the uh, medical establishment, so that they can go ahead and start performing medical-type services like the osteopaths. Um, so, what that would mean mm-hmm. would be more opportunity to do things like prescription drugs. Well, there we go. It's always coming more back to that. <laughs> but Listen, I mean, here's the thing: it, it's really all about money. Okay, mm-hmm. the the entire industry, regardless of where we're at. Um, and and what what group of individuals within that industry, the healthcare industry, which is an oxymoron, um, but the 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 fact is is that it's really not about getting anyone better. It's about churning that patient. And I tell you what, workman's comp, you know, uh, insurance programs, uh, if, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, all right, based upon my own experience as somebody who actually went through that process. Um, What I find is, is that they utilize every service that they can charge for during that patient's care. And when the patient doesn't get well, the consolation prize for the patient is a lifetime of disability. And unfortunately, in today's world, a lot of people find that acceptable. Well, as a person who technically is handicapped, but I've never leaned on that. Almost lost my arm. Went through a severe accident, which I was being pulled into a machine, two yeah, rollers about fifty-five the, the gallon team drums. Team.
0: Right. Yeah, that and I'm doing <laughs> a real
2: life Viking hold while my arms being yanked off my body. So I, I you know, listen. I, 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 I get it, but you know, for me, it was a matter of I. You know, they told me I never bodybuild again. They told me I'd never, you know, powerlift again. They told me, you know, you're going to be disabled all your life. And I said, I don't think so you know, and I went to therapy and whatnot with these people, you know, trying to get my hand reworking and all that other jazz and people who were a lot less severe handicapped, they went ahead and they went that route. I mean, I, you know, you can see I've got scars. I mean, my, I, this hair doesn't, this is not pretty, all mm-hmm. right. <laughs> but um, I don't use it as a crutch. <clears throat> you know, for me, it's a matter of, okay, at the end of the day, I still got to earn money. I still have to, you know, pay, pay for groceries. I still have to support my family and I still have to be a man for my children and, and, and be a man. So my, my kids can, can look up to what that is. And I think that's a good thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot of layers to, you know, All of this. And boy, we can get, I can get into the weeds on almost every topic you want. I really can't. But, you know, you have to be careful. Next thing you know, I'm interviewing you, right? (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) The more you know, right? You know, know, I've been at this a long time. I've had a lot of experience. And I I hate to say it, but a lot of the experiences I have are not good experiences. But, you know, they're good experiences if you learn from them,
1: though, right? Yeah, right. And you and you hopefully help somebody else avoid or as much as you can. You can't avoid getting trapped between the, the two no. things, but but at least no. uh, not giving up and being well, on disability and poor me the rest of your life and to do that. You
2: well, know. let me tell you, I mean, there's there will be, you know, there will be a lot of people that may respond to what it is I'm saying with, you know, a lot of heat. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to what I'm saying, what did I say that was not accurate? And why am I saying it? Am I saying it to, to make me all that in a bag of chips? No, listen, I, I don't have to do anything else. I've done pretty much everything. I don't, I don't need to, to be the guy, right? I don't need to be the guy. I am the guy. Okay. So with that being said, and that's not tooting a horn. That's just, hey, listen, you know, I paid my dues. I've learned a lot. I help a lot of people. And and you know, there's something. A value of value what it is that i offer the world and that's what i'm going to do now and i don't know that that's a that that's a lose for anybody to me that's a win-win for everybody that i engage everybody wins and that's a rare very very rare thing in life today isn't it
1: yeah And i mean i think it's just because so many people aren't willing to say hey i don't know everything even if they're not even if they're not like what an actual chiropractor like maybe some physical therapist may get mad about what you say, but it's like, Hey, though, if you take some of this advice, you're going to be better at what you do. though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and your patients will love you for it. You know, listen, I'm not saying that anybody's a bad person. It's just, let's make smart decisions. Right. You know, critical thinking has become something that is, is, is we're losing, you know, not everything is a checkbox, right? Not everything's true and false. Not everything, not every answer is right there. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, if you go ahead and you, you know, like within the chiropractic profession, you get out of chiropractic college, you have an algorithm that's this big, right? I mean, this is is all you know. This is it, right? My algorithm is this off the screen. You know why? Because I'm not done learning.
1: Do you think that's why chiropractors get a lot of bad stigma?
2: They because get a I'm, lot of bad stigma because, one, many times they're very arrogant. Mm. You can't be right all the time. None of us. Right. It doesn't matter whether you're a chiropractor or your mm. medical doctor. You just can't be right all the time. And I think that's a fair statement. The other component is, is that if you maintain this algorithm, and this is all the further you've learned, this is your box that you are in, how many people are going to be outside that box
1: yeah a lot
2: <laughs> a lot and so you're if gonna, you're a not lot of times trying to treat
1: them anyway right you know you treat them without absolutely. the knowledge to do, to do the job yeah
2: and they're going to fail and so if you fail what happens you're a bad rap mm-hmm. don't you deserve it <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be prickly. I'm just like, you know, if, if you're failing all the time, you need to figure out why. And that is where the learning comes from. The algorithm that you have may be this big, but take the end of it off and learn the rest of it.
1: So like, let's, let's talk about that. Like you're talking about that algorithm what is that algorithm that these chiropractors are getting when they graduate? And then what do they need to do, uh, to get to the point where you have, What does the expansion look like? What are all the techniques or methods and books and all the stuff that you learn outside of your degree? that? I think, you I you think that's a
2: really great question. I, I, and I think the reason why the schools do what they do is because they want to go ahead and have conformity. There are, mm-hmm. there are large organizations that are, um, you know, the, uh, are are supervising, if you will, the education process for the chiropractors. Then they are organizations that will go ahead and then um, test the learning and the knowledge based upon the things that, you know, the, the algorithm or the stuff that they learn in that chiropractic college. Okay. And so what they're doing is they're, they're, for lack of better you know, description. And again, this is my opinion. I'm standing on my own on this. My opinion. I think what <coughs> happens is that they create a cookie cutter model for the services that are available. And that is where their liability ends. It starts and ends there. Okay. And then when they graduate, the doctor has two choices. To go ahead and open their mind and listen to their patients think about that. Listen to your patients. The the thing that I find so interesting, especially as long as I've been doing this, is that the patients will tell me how they got there and what they did to be in the circumstance that they're in. So what I have to figure out is how to unwind all that stuff and put things back where they messed it up. Pretty much as simple as that. But it's not simple because it takes skills, right? So the other component is Learn as much as a chiropractor, learn as much as you can. What I'm hoping to do with working with Dr. Kanakin at Swiss, uh, working with uh, Dr. Pete Gratali, um, Joe Munitegi, and then also uh, working with uh, the great legendary eight-time Olympia, first time, you know, eight-time Olympia champ in history, Lee Haney. I don't know if you know who Lee Haney is, but Yeah, Lee I know Haney him, yeah, yeah. He used to watch on TV when I was younger mm-hmm. and uh, and it's so cool because now it's, it's a point that I've become friends with this man and he is a good, a good man. He's a good soul. So he's actually developed the Lee Haney games and that's going to be November 10th uh, this year, 2023 in, uh mm-hmm. college park, Georgia at the uh, convention center, the Atlanta convention center, which is hooked right next to the airport. Wait, I'm going to have to pull through. Cause that's, I'm in Atlanta. See, yeah, that's great? great
1: yeah yeah look yeah, at yeah. so me that advertising be, that's not
2: a coincidence that's not a coincidence not right. coincidence at all so <laughs> so we're going to have what's called the Athletica, and our goal is us you know old guys right people like myself uh people like pete grattali who was on workouts with lee haney on espn and mm-hmm. then also worked with the body shaping crew on espn so you know pete's kind of famous a little bit right and kind of, you know, hooked his wagon to Lee Haney. Now, we're also doing this in conjunction with the International Chiropractors Association. And so um, we're going to offer, I think, six continuing education credits, not a lot, based upon what it is that we're going to be sharing. So uh, that's one thing. The other thing that I'm getting ready to do to help educate and train other doctors as you since you ask about what other things can chiropractors do to go ahead and continue their learning experience postgraduate, We're going to go ahead and hook up with the official strongman games, which are a feeder system, just as the Giants Live and official strongman in Europe are to the world's strongest man. The other thing is, is that this is the organization that also has world titles, which are actual world titles. And there will be up to 400 um, international world class strength athletes that will be there. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a class on the 30th where I'm going to do an eight-hour course where I'm going to pound all the information that I can into the heads of the doctors that are going to be there. I'm going to give them all kinds of information, just some of what I've given you, like the stretch receptor stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But we're going to also address how to treat that athlete in the middle of contest. And then we're going to give him as much information as I, as I can, right? Mm-hmm. So um, in addition to that, once we're done, we start day one on December 1st of the official strongman games there in Charleston, West Virginia. Mm. Okay. Or Charleston, Columbia. I don't remember now. <laughs> go to strongmandoc.world, <laughs> and it's on there. So if you go all the way to the bottom, you'll go ahead and see seminars. <throat> okay. We're uh, hopefully have student seminar or student uh, doctors. And then we're also going to go ahead and have doctors who've been in the field for a while. Uh, there mm. are options there. Um, so I'm real excited to go ahead and, and offer that. But we're going to do what I'm going to call live fire training. Regardless, it's in West Virginia, okay, Mm -hmm. at Official Strongman Games, which you can go to officialstrongman.com, and you can look that up if you just want to go to watch, okay? Mm -hmm. So really cool stuff. But we're going to take what the doctors learned on the 30th, and we're going to start showing them how to apply it on the first, the second, and the third. Oh, wow, okay. Live fire application, which basically means they're going to be able to touch, they're going to be able to feel I'm going to go ahead and execute the adjustment and we're going to try and make sure that those athletes have the, the, the time of their life in an international world-class com- competition. There's yeah. nothing like this out there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, that's actually pretty dope. Tell me this isn't kind of a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. That was
1: funny. That's definitely outside the box because those athletes are going to appreciate it too. They're like, oh yeah. 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 Go ahead. Well, here's go the thing. On. I've
2: been doing this 25 years. So, I mean, how many more years do I have? I don't know. I have friends that are my age that are no, they're gone. They've died. And so as that is the case, it's like, okay, you know, if if I want to make sure that the strength community is safe, you know, one of the things that I want to try and do with this is actually create a full certification. They'll get a certificate for being there at official strongman games. They'll be able to use that certificate and apply it to a full certification of 300 hours for a full certification in McDougall Chiropractic Methods, now why 300? Because here's the thing: a diplomat program for chiropractors in whether it be radiology, whether it be um, you know upper cervical technique, whether it be um, you know pediatric care, whatever, a diplomat is 300 to 350 hours. Well, the thing that's different about what I'm doing is is you've already been through school. You've already been in practice often, oftentimes, right? You've been in practice for a while. So do I really need to go through the entire education system again? No, I don't have to reproduce that. I don't have to do it all over again. They've already learned a lot of this. So what I can do is, is I can go ahead and stand on what they've already learned. And then I can go ahead and expand their knowledge on what it is I do which will facilitate a better outcome at the end result for these athletes. But also at the same time, the cool thing is, is what I've developed actually works on people who've got rods and screws in their back, people (laughs) with plates in their, in their neck, people with artificial hips, people with artificial knees. Think about that. How cool is that? And it all has to do with performance, right? So what these people can learn from me will actually boost them forward about 10 15 years in education that they may or may not get because they may or may not be exposed so, to, to difficult that, yeah. cases that will mm. allow them to be more than just a soccer mom chiropractor <laughs> right not that right. there's anything wrong with that but i'm just saying there's a there, we we're, we're trying to create next level doctors here with what i'm doing and just with the certification right but here's the thing, all right? My goal is to protect my athletes. And yes, they're mine.
1: <laughs>
2: okay? They're, I, they're, <laughs> I, I want them safe. And so that's my job, right? So how can I make them as safe as I can? Does that mean that, you know, these doctors can't screw up? No. Listen, when you're out there, you're sticking yourself out there, there's always risk. There just is. You know, you walk across the street... You could get hit by a car. Whose fault is it? Well, if you're both not looking, both your fault, right? So it, it's that kind of thought process, I guess. But if I can go ahead and address things and make it in such a way that these people are starting to think critically in a clinical way, who loses? Nobody loses. And so that's what I'm trying to produce with you know, the, the McDougall Chiropractic Methods process. And what it is I'm trying to achieve, if you will, with, you know, partnering with companies like Official Strongman Games, uh, uh, Official Strongman, uh, Giants Live, World Strongest Man, uh, United States Strongman, for example. So, you know, those those are the things that we're trying to achieve is one, you've got to get a level of credibility. The other part of that credibility with me is I've been doing this 25 years. Nobody else has done this. So. You know, I I think like I said, I have something to offer, and honestly, I mean, I should charge for it. I should charge more than what I am, but um, right now, when you have a world in which everybody is an Instagram superstar, <laughs> it's really hard. It's yeah. really hard to go ahead and discern who really knows what the hell's going on. You you talking about like the the mallet tapping boys? That, that uh, I'm not going. I'm not going ah! knock anybody. All right. But, well, can yeah, you tell let, me about let's that? Do what, that? What's your opinion on that? That, that. Uh, okay, when, let's do that in the middle of a strongman event where somebody needs is going to try and win seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars. Are you are you willing to be that guy? No. Nah. <laughs> okay, so I, listen, I'm not going. I'm not going to say anything bad, but I will pose that question. Are you gonna Are you gonna have somebody who's going to you know hook a strap to your head and yank you off the table in the middle of a strongman event? We're going to do that? <laughs> now, again, I, I'm not knocking it. Are we going to do that in the middle of a strongman event? But see what I mean? It's super, you know, from my perspective, it's super simple. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Because what are you going to do? You're you, you can foul somebody up. You can ruin their career. You could lose their prize money. Who wants to be that guy to cause all that chaos? Not me, not me. So what was the what was the deal? I had to make it work every single time. Aim small, miss small. Mm. Everything has to be calculated and use your head. And Maybe I've got things like a lot of, of the
1: guys that doesn't get you as many likes doing doing the simple. Well, not even so much as simple, but I know this person's not going to get hurt from this, or this is safe this person or when there's money on the line I'm not going to do this just because it's the cool thing to do
2: but people don't think that they think about yeah. how I can wow this person mm. you know what chiropractors are supposed to be in essence for lack of better descriptions neurosurgeons with their hands that's what we're supposed to do I like that. okay so with that like I said aim small miss small right so if, if this is what we're going to do, if our craft is that we make a neurological change within the body by, by moving structures, specifically the spine, the extremities, bones, all right, to go ahead and change and open up the body's ability to have better homeostasis, have better neurological tone, have better blood flow, right, have better neural peace, if that's our job exactly how does when we're trained in that how is it that we find ourselves with chiropractors doing massage
1: i've wondered about that i was like well you know I what know I'll i wonder, do that too you,
2: you and me <laughs> we wonder about the same <laughs> things right but well, here's the thing okay i can go ahead and go be a massage therapist what is it? $10,000, $15,000. We'll say $20,000 to be a massage therapist. Okay. And then you come out and then you can go ahead and do things like ART, which is active release technique. Anybody can go ahead and take that if you are an allied health professional, right? At least that's the way I understand it. Okay. As that is the case, you can be a massage therapist, go ahead and take all the courses in ART and do the same thing that a chiropractor is doing After he spent $300,000 to be a chiropractor.
1: They're allowed to do adjustments too? The ART
2: guys? No. If you're a chiropractor, you can do them. Okay. Right? But what I'm saying is, why be a chiropractor if you're not going to do adjustments and you're only going to do... Right, 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 right,
1: right, right, right.
2: Or you're going to do massage. Or if you do adjustments, you do them poorly because your focus is massage. You should have saved yourself $280,000 Two hundred eighty thousand dollars, and being on the hook for the rest of your life to the federal government for the loan, right? Yeah. That's not smart business, is it? No. Yeah. So the same thing can be said. Okay, are you going to are you going to be a pseudo physical therapist now? You know, and you're going to bill all your services under a PT code. Well, that may be a little sketchy because you can get more money by, you know, doing a mobilization code versus a chiropractic code. Well, that just drops the chiropractic code value over and over again. The other kind of thing is the insurance companies know all of this and they let it all happen. The other component is, is that they also go ahead and say, OK, we're going to do an adjustment. We're going to give you less. We're going to give you less. Go ahead and we'll give you less. Well, every year they give you less. But here's the reason why chiropractors will go ahead and turn in the insurance pro the uh the the, uh, the ob forms or not the ob forms the claim forms they get the ob back and they realize that they've been screwed by the insurance companies by well let's say five dollars for that adjustment for the the surgical precision application of chiropractic okay sounds like a big deal well we're going to go ahead and forget five dollars accident accidentally so you call up the insurance company insurance company says oh well yeah uh, we really hate that, you know so if you send that check back, we'll go ahead and issue you another one in 30 days. uh-huh. So in the meantime, the doctor has to eat, all the staff have to eat, the lights have to be turned on, the heat has to be turned on. the machines need repaired, the office needs clean. you need new paper, you need new laundry detergent you need you need to run your business with the money they have that they just shorted you. So what are you going to do to make it you know, a quick turnaround? You're going to accept payment. When you accept payment in full, what they do is, is that they go ahead and say, oh, the doctor's willing to take less money, so we're going to reduce the amount of money that we're going to give for that chiropractic neurosurgically approached application. It's a feedback loop. All bad.
1: Oh, my God. The system again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I, I had another clinic. And when I closed my clinic, the insurance industry owed me $250,000 that I'll never see. Oh okay. God. Yes. I had a, I had a, I had a very big clinic. We were rocking and rolling, dude. Now it's in the top 2% earners nationwide. So with that being the case, um, I have patients that will go and say, well, you know what, you should get in, you should do insurance. And then I could go ahead and come in and use my claims. Well, right now they're giving about $26 for an adjustment. Some of the insurance companies, if you're lucky to get that. All right. If they don't short you $5. So the other thing is, is again, you are under the constant scrutiny of the government, the insurance agency, the operate operators within the program, and all the laws are set against you as a provider. Doesn't matter whether you're a surgeon, a chiropractor, a nurse, practitioner, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's set against you unless you play nice. So why in the world would I get back in bed with the insurance company? How many... segments do I not want to be paid? Think about
1: it. They just get away with that.
2: They they get away with it because it's the golden rule. Khalil, it's the golden rule. He who has the gold rules.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, like me, someone, I've never been to a chiropractor like how do you know when you should and if you're deciding to go to one how do you know that they're credible or even close to like how you are at least they're just not doing the bad stuff
2: that's a tough one <laughs> uh, the, the first one's actually pretty easy so mm-hmm. if you can look over your shoulder right and left and it looks the same right
1: no this See this how, is this is much worse <laughs>
2: yeah well you you can when i'm looking at you when you look to the N on learn, when you look to that shoulder, all right, then you go ahead yeah. and go to the double L. See how you're sticking? Yeah. That's your sign. Another thing is you can go ahead and look up and look down. And if you feel stiffness in there, there may be a problem. The yeah. next thing is is put your left ear on your left shoulder. And then go the other way. You feel how you shift to try and help <laughs> compensate for it? Yeah. yeah. Now a lot of people just look at that and go, Oh, well, everybody has that. Well, okay. Everybody's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right.
1: You got yeah. it.
2: That's right. <laughs> so the other thing is, is you know, when you touch your toes, when you squat, when you move. Do you shift when you sit down into a squat position? Are your shoulders balanced and level? Do you have a level pelvis? The other component is, you know what? We can have people with 50 degree double scoliotic curvatures and their shoulders are square. Their hips are square. But they may have movement problems. So they may have pain in the sternum. They may have pain in their their back. They may have one side of their psoas that's super tonic, you know, or otherwise super tight. That may cause them to have a restriction when they move. They may run sideways. They may throw one arm forward more than the other one. I mean, shoot, we we actually at Swiss adjusted a few people that after, (laughs) it was funny, they had to learn how to walk again after I adjusted them. And when they would walk, they would walk with their hands flat like this. They weren't swinging their arms.
1: Oh my God.
2: We made such a huge neurological change. We had to reorient them in in proper movement. So that's crazy cool stuff. I worked for four and a half hours in the hallway on a lot of Canadian athletes. And I had such a great time working with all of these athletes. But one young lady in particular had been through a, a wide variety of different physical therapy applications um, which were extremely intrusive and a bit violate, you know, a little bit um they were highly involved and violated mm. her a little bit, right? Mm. As they're trying to help her. Um, after I did one move, she burst into tears and she goes, You got it.
1: That's the one that you posted, right?
2: Yes. Actually, mm. she posted she posted me a lot, and so I reposted, mm. but um, absolute doll. Um, she is she wants to get the word out. She wants to get the word out because. She knows there are other people just like her out there, and she's she wants to make an impact, you know, and share with people what it is that I'm, that I'm trying to do. And listen, that was on a table in the middle of a convention hall. Think about that. Yeah, that's the, not with all that the stuff you probably
1: have.
2: Well, you know, the other people that were treating her, they had an office with probably $500,000 worth of equipment in it. You know, and, <clears throat> and they weren't helping her. How sad is that, man? You know? It's just not right. And I mean, listen, I this year alone, I I have people that have flown from states like Delaware, Texas, people drove from Mexico, the country of Mexico, a <laughs> guy yeah. from Spain. I've done I've done consultation overseas in places like like Sweden and, and Norway and England and 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 I mean, listen, the state of of healthcare as a whole which is, again, an oxymoron, um, because it, it really is about just managing sick people. It, it's not about getting anybody well. Um, it's it's just so disappointing. And so, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, how do you feel? Well, I mean, going through what you're going through, you know, all I can say is I hope that you found people that really give a damn, you know, because yeah. you're a nice guy. You know, we need more more guys like you around. Right. So, if you, if you um, with me? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so, tell me, um, would you have any advice for, let's say, people like me, the sports performance coaches, the strength coaches out there, anything for us to, you know, advise our clients on or, or at least stuff to avoid? Or, like, yeah, I guess to even a more extent, like, when I'm looking, if I'm looking for somebody, Cairo, do you have any you know, advice for people that are seeking that extra help or knowing, okay, yeah. I need to go to this versus I need to go to that, you know? Or yeah. Where to go I went off you. on
2: a tangent. I'm sorry, but that, that's, yeah, good. thank you for the redirect. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, that's, sure.
1: no, that's good. That's good. Because, you know, the more expanded, I don't, I don't, I never really have a, I never set like a time or set, you know, cause I like to people let it out, you know, but let me hear everything you got. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. No, I, I think the thing is, is buyer needs to be aware. Um, mm-hmm. It, it It is hard for the consumer to find the right person. And unfortunately, they have to expose themselves to that risk if they okay. want to. And there are very, very talented people all across the, the healthcare industry. So I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I just think that people like yourself need to be very, very cautious. You can turn anything into an examination. For example, I did a lecture on that last year at Swiss. And mm-hmm. bottom line is, is just like I did with you on camera here just a minute ago. These are basic things that are measurable and reproducible. You can tell rather quickly if the doctor of chiropractic is doing you good if you have an immediate change in those, pardon me, those ranges of motion, for example, the ability, the ease of motion with an adjustment, okay? If you don't have that range of motion and they haven't done imaging like x-rays, that's a problem because you could have things that are not separated. Your body was born the way it is. People like me, who've been in the the arena of of sport and training, I discovered within three-year time period that I actually had two of my vertebrae in my back fused together. There was no signs three years before. So every two years used to be the college standard in chiropractic um, for X-ray reassessments. It's not because the doctor is trying to make money, it's because he wants to assess and collect data. Well, that's what's supposed to happen. But again, a hint is that if the doctor doesn't share with you what his findings are on those x-rays, then either he doesn't or she doesn't have the skill sets to interpret them properly and then explain them to you, which is a warning sign, or they're too busy, they did the bare minimum and are never gonna read them anyway which is another warning sign,
1: (laughs) right? So when you do it, is the first thing you would do with somebody, like if you're coming in, you're assessing them, would the first thing be like a visual one, like kind of like how you just did, and then x-ray, and then you evaluate the x-rays, and then you start adjusting? Uh, We we also
2: do an examination, and then we go ahead, and we compare and contrast what we find on x-ray and what we found in the examination process.
1: Because oh, you can like, get the x-rays back pretty quick, right? Like you can have it in another room, do the yeah, x ray. Yeah, yeah, they're right. digital. Yeah, they're digital. And they're
2: very low dosage. I mean, you okay. if you go, you know, it's interesting when you hear chiropractors say, oh, you know, it's the dosage. I don't want to, you know, dose my patient. But at the same time, they, they're agreeable to go ahead and have a mammogram, which has a real sketchy return on outcome in regards to um, interpretation for a positive, you know, mm-hmm. for, for a cancer or, or a tumor, a lesion or whatever, Right. Or you can go, they don't have a problem you doing a CAT scan, which is cancer-causing, okay? Right. Um, that's okay, but we're going to go ahead and take, you know, a, a, a few very direct specific films on a patient, which has almost, you know, it's a very low, low level or low dosage, if you will. Um, and it's going to change that entire patient's outcome. That doesn't make sense to not do the x-rays in the chiropractic office. There are 27 different reasons, and what, what your your get your uh, um, your viewers can actually go ahead and go to the um, uh, CCRP guidelines from the International Chiropractors Association. They had all the best chiropractic radiologists and researchers get together, and they came up with the 27 reasons to go ahead and take an X-ray. So some of them could be range of motion. Some of them could be red flags. Some of them could be yellow flag things, um, you know, which, you know, I'm not going to get real deep into all those things, but Mm -hmm. it it all is on the internet. And so people can go ahead and go PCCRP guidelines is what they are. There's P in front of that. And so look it up. It's uh, through, like I said, the International Chiropractor Association. It is, I have the book over here. It's a thick book with all kinds of data and it's all it's all referenced data. All right. So, you know, <clears throat> every chiropractor should have that book on their shelf or at least in their uh, x ray um, uh, report, have why they took x rays. This is what. So, you
1: said So, first thing you should do is like ask the chiropractor, let me see that book of you yeah. the young guy. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I have to tell you
2: the, the majority of the chiropractors won't even know what that book is. Oh, yeah. So, You know, I I guess you can look at that as a test again.
1: Have you seen guys any difference between have you seen is there any differences? I mean, because I I know this from strength coaches that that have traveled abroad and and, and been over here, they say the same thing with like exercise science degrees. Do you see any difference between the American education system for chiropractors and overseas? Like, do you see if there's any bit difference if one is better than the other or or
2: in general? um what i'm trying to do is with in, in concert with the giants live program is to assist chiropractors in the european countries and so what i need to do is be extremely neutral on my opinion on that because i have been offered the opportunity as a guest to that country to assist and uh and expand and and do things over there so um, I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot when we just start the race. All um, uh, I hope I answered that correctly. Um, <laughs> no, you did.
1: You did. <laughs>
2: but no, I, I, I. What I will say is that it, the the issue that we have within the chiropractic profession is universal. Okay. And I think I have a solution, and I'm willing to share and help. Is that fair? No,
1: no, no. That, that makes sense, and I. And you're on the path to help people. So Maybe we wait a few years, we circle back. And then we say, after after they're like, well, we cannot have this guy. He's helping everybody else. So you can say kind of what you want. But until Uh, then, we'll put it on pause with that one. Yeah, That is hilarious. Uh, But like you said, but that makes sense. I mean, because it's not like all those countries don't have social media. So I, I see chiropractors from all over the place. And I see similar of a lot of the same bad stuff. Even from afar, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I don't know if that's great. Well, (laughs) listen,
2: everything that I've shared tonight, I know I will eventually get heat for it. Right. All right. So the one thing that everybody needs to understand is whatever you say out loud, the universe will pound you later for it, (laughs) okay? Or somebody will be mad at you. And so, I and I know that. But I haven't done this and haven't said anything to insult or offend. What I want people to do is I want people to process what I say. Think about what it is I'm trying to do and how it is I can help make things better. And until you go ahead and you identify the demon, you can't get rid of it. Somebody's got to say it. I ain't even Catholic and I know that, right? (laughs) So, you know, I think that's important to, you know, to take special note of you know? So, um, but as far as you guys, I, it's very difficult. I I can go ahead and I can call a chiropractor up and say, Hey, listen, would you go ahead and take care of my buddy, Khalil? He's a good dude. He's got, you know, he can't turn his head right. You know, he's got his shoulders (laughs) all goofed up and his butt's all crooked. (laughs) They can go ahead and they can say, Oh yeah. Hey, Dr. Todd. Yeah. You know what, buddy? I, you know, I got this, I got this man. I I've got this guy. No problem. Okay, so I'm thinking, oh, good. Khalil has a good doctor. The doctor said all the right things. Uh, This is going to be a win. Everybody's good. Everybody's going to be happy. The universe is right. And then Khalil calls me up and says, dude, who did you send me to? (laughs) I thought we were friends. (laughs) Right? Right. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Really? Absolutely. And And I don't mean it in a negative way towards me. It's just that I got fooled, too, because they said all the right things.
1: And that's what you said it comes back to you got to be willing to take probably that risk a little bit, right? You still don't, don't know until you're there.
2: The thing is, is that, I mean, you know, it, I'm trying to figure out how to be, you know, how to be a resource for you guys, you know, as a whole. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's an opinion. I'm not boots on the ground. You know, I can go ahead and call the shots from the box in the stand but Mm -hmm. you know when you're in the middle of the of the pack it's a lot different down there for you than it Mm -hmm. is me up in the box right right and and it's the same kind of thing when i'm doing remote stuff you know when i when you guys call up and you know i just had a had a uh, um one of my strongman guys just send me something here just just today and it's like I, i can figure it out remotely but i can do a whole lot better if i was right there You know what would even be even better if it's somebody that's there that I've taught and I know that they know my algorithm and then they can go ahead and execute as much as they know how. And then I, they call me up and they say, Hey, I'm stuck. And then I can say, Hey, how about this, 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 this. I just did this with uh, some of my athletes, strong women athletes in Canada. I got on the phone, talked to the doctor that was there. She was very open. We went ahead. We set this athlete's rib cage back where it needs to be because the contest where she was at, the doctor there who was supposed to be really talented wasn't so just because you work for the um nba you know, you yeah, back, don't start it doesn't me mean that you got that. The, you know <laughs> well it doesn't mean you got skills yeah it just means you got lucky you got sometimes it's a whole in. staff and i feel like they probably feed into each other well i'm a
1: basketball guy so i all right well listen there's got to be one
2: big dog okay you got to be one big dog at the top one big dog wants to stay the big dog and so what's he going to do he's going to make sure everybody else is dumber than him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm saying in general not pointing any any organization (laughs) i'm just saying in general okay and it doesn't matter whether it's professional sports or whether it's coll- collegiate sports mm. or it's the little league team that matter. Doesn't matter. So, you know, I mean, listen, one of the biggest scams out there, as far as I'm concerned, since I'm, since I'm already, you know, going to be excommunicated from everything. <laughs> um, is that, well, listen, I figure like this, if nothing else, this could really blow your podcast up to where it's going to be really popular. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, <laughs> and it's okay because I'm helping you. All right, because you're all right. So, but you know, one of the biggest scams in sports medicine today is what we see with the um, the the high school sports, where you have the orthopedic doctors that will go ahead and, and supply helmets and pads and uniforms and and grass. And all these other things. And so what they do is they go ahead and they hire an athletic trainer to go in and fail consistently and say that everything's broken. So then what happens is, is that then the broken kid will go ahead and go to the orthopedic center and then the orthopedic center makes all kinds of money off of the broken kid. And then they go ahead and they go ahead and and do the same thing over again. So it becomes a cycle again, right? Well, are those the best people for trying to prevent anything? No. Can you explain to me why?
1: Why they? Why the system is like that? Yeah. Why
2: they're Why they're the wrong guy to go see when your kid's hurt or almost hurt because they don't need well, surgery in many month, instances, right? Well, yeah,
1: right. Yeah. I mean, we. I get. I've had athletes like that where they're like, "Oh, I think I." And I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't think you don't." And, and I also don't think you need to be on these painkillers for this long. I also don't think you need five months of physical therapy and don't move. I, it's a whole. Listen, thing. I've had
2: patients that have had headaches, you know, and had been on muscle relaxers for twenty years. They started when they were fifteen Jesus. years old, and the medical doctors, as a whole, kept them on it. I, listen, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't deliver drugs, but I just think that's kind of weird. Okay. Is that fair? Money talks. It should keep me out of trouble a little bit. So, but but at any rate, yeah. So you got this vicious cycle where the kids are getting thrown into the lawnmower, they're not getting the best care that they could, and the chiropractors are shut out because these doctors will have private contracts with the schools. So they are exclusive. So you go ahead and you have a kid. Now, this is a great case in point. I used this the other day. You go ahead and have a kid that rolls their ankle. Okay. So they roll their ankle, they go ahead and they get immobilized most of the time, they'll go ahead and uh, be put into an ice bucket, ice bath, whatever, and then they'll go ahead and they'll go through some different exercises, you know, the alphabets with your toes and all that other kind of jazz, they may go to the orthopedic doctor make sure it's not like super duper bad like everything's ripped all the heck, Um, Mm -hmm. but you know still. A sprain, which is a torn ligament. Okay. Could be a tendinopathy also, which means basically the tendons could be involved as well. You know, okay, if it's super bad, fine. But what do they do? They put you in a boot, right? Yeah. Okay. So you go ahead and you go through, you know, six, eight weeks, maybe six months, maybe 12 months. Depends if you re injure the ligament because it takes that, you know, a long time for ligaments to heal, even in a high school athlete. Well, first game, what's the athlete go out and do? Rolls ankle again. OK, let me tell you why. This is like super simple stuff. Right. The reason why is because that ankle, the bones themselves, which the ligaments hold all the bones to bone. Right. Bones to bone keeps everything connected. OK, so the bones themselves are never set into a proper position so that the ligament can heal at its normal length.
1: OK, yeah, that makes sense. I got you.
2: OK, so why would the ankle hold when you stress it? with an elongated ligament or a damaged ligament. There's no support. How many times you heard people talk about how often they have that ankle roll? Again, yes,
1: every other month.
2: <laughs> and, again, and again, even into adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. That foot later can be very arthritic, which means then down the road, who knows, maybe they can go ahead and do a surgical event and then go ahead and fuse the whole thing together. That's a great idea, right? So in essence, what's happening is the system is actually setting it up for long-term future business, all because they didn't do all the right thing. We see this in rehab and things along those lines as well, where you have a stronger crooked problem. And when you have a stronger crooked problem, that sets you up for damage to the area that's crooked, right? The damaged area is a weakness. When that weakness fails, that often is catastrophic catastrophic failure means you're going to have a major event that may require surgery self-fulfilling prophecy you really get really get paid then yeah who suffers the people the that are patient. trusting the system that's right <laughs> and
1: that's then right. it's a lot of times you get surgery wherever you usually get surgery you usually re injure it and you're going to likely get surgery again and then it's just a and if you hurt the ankle, which is like one of the worst ones to get a major surgery on, maybe then you get knee and hip later too, right? Or the other leg starts getting messed up, and then you know, huh? then it's a vicious cycle. Then you gain weight, and okay, it's now sick. we're going down the rabbit hole. Absolutely, Continue but as try.
2: as a trainer, you have to navigate all of this. Okay, so when you go ahead and you see a hip shift, or you see an internal rotation in one foot, you see a foot collapse. Or you go ahead and you see that the shoulder, the grip pattern isn't right on the bar and it's consistent or their overhead presses are off or their head bends lateral when they go ahead and they shove that arm up or the there's shoulder rotation. So you've got one shoulder that's anterior compared to the other one, or there's certain pain points, all of these things, you know, listen, you're, you're, you're a coach, you're a trainer. You don't need to know how to fix that person. And what's happening right now across the board, regardless of specialty, is everybody thinks that they can fix it. The thing is, you need to identify what's wrong. And a lot of times that requires radiographs read by somebody who knows how to interpret them. And so right now within the chiropractic profession, they're saying there's no value. But here's the thing. Just because you don't know how to do something doesn't mean that the process or the x-rays themselves have no value. It means you suck at your job.
1: We see that with a lot of strength coaches that like uh, we like you don't need to use any of the barbell lifts, and it's because they can't coach it. So they hide behind like, oh, it's going to get you hurt, and it's like no. It's like most things is not going to get you hurt. It's the coach that doesn't know how to coach it. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> and then and then what you do? You bring out your rubber bands, and you bring out this, and you bring out that, and so next thing you know, you're going to do your, your 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 shock smacker 300 and say that it's going to fix stem cells and things. All right. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I've never needed one in almost 30 years of my experience in chiropractic,
1: mm.
2: right? I've never needed a traction, a major, you know, traction machine for spinal care. I was going to ask, ask you about that, the traction machines. What, are, what... I don't have one in my office. I should say a lot. Mm. You know, I don't refer for them either. Patients, if you, if you give a good adjustment, you may not need that. Some, some people are just screwed up. Some people are bad enough that everything's blown up. They have to have surgery. That's the way it is. My job is to interpret how far I can take that patient with the skill sets that I have and lean on other people, whether it be independent massage therapists, independent physical therapists, independent athletic trainers, you know, coaches like yourself, exercise physiology people, uh, whatever, right? And I'm okay with that. That's the beauty of what's happening with Swiss is that you've got all of these people looking at things from a little different perspective. But there's a lot of mutual respect. That's what needs to happen across the board. But as a whole, I bet you could go ahead and have half a dozen physical therapists, half a dozen dozen coaches, exercise phys people, you know, athletic trainers. They're all going to tell you exactly the same thing I'm saying. Because they're the good ones are experiencing. The if they're good, I was just about to say, yeah. If they're good, <laughs> yeah, they are. So I, I suppose that's the other component is, is if you got a network of people that you know, maybe, maybe you know, you're, you're not sure about the chiropractor, but maybe there's a physical therapist that actually knows somebody of talent, and you lean on them and say, hey, listen, do you know a guy? Yeah. Because and that's somebody you already respect. If they don't know a guy, then you have to ask yourself, okay, is their network very good? Mm. and are they the best of what they do too And are they close-minded yeah yeah. well listen everybody wants to you know have this superhero syndrome okay Mm. I mean you know I I I get it I mean I listen I I want to be a hero I want to get in there and help people but you know I'm to a point in my career that I don't run up on it anymore I stand back watch a little bit and then walk and and walk up to it and say okay what are we dealing with? I think people are so desperate to be the guy right now. They're fo- they're losing focus on on what it is that they're there for, and that's to make sure that they give and deliver the best care possible for their patient, whether it be an athlete or not.
1: And like the good people always say, you know, there's so many more people that need help. You're not really in competition with as many people as you really think. I mean, I think social media doesn't aid into people's belief that that's the opposite, but it's definitely like, I mean, in your local area, there may be ten high schools. Th- th- three hospitals. It's like you're telling me, you're really like worried about the one other guy that you think is good, instead of maybe helping each other out. <laughs> like-
2: well, he, you know, especially with getting the chiropractic profession is very yeah. ego driven. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it just is Um, a lot of people go ahead and they get started late in the game. You know, I was, you know, I was a cop before I was a chiropractor. I was handicapped before I was a chiropractor. (laughs) Right. So I had a lot of living before I became a chiropractor. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there there's a lot of, you know, there can be a lot of pride. There can be a lot of ego involved in all that kind of stuff. And I get it, you know, and that's fine. You want to be the best in your own mind in order to go ahead and do the best services that you can. If you have self-doubt all the time. You see that in your athletes. Your athletes got a chink in their armor. They're not going to perform. They're going to get yeah. in their own head, right? Same kind of thing with, with doctors. And nobody ever thinks about that. You know, when I go ahead and I go to a strongman event, for example, I got to clear my head. Do you, you, I mean, you've been to multiple powerlifting events. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. to strongman events, but is that music calming? <laughs> ah, <No. laughs> by, by the time I'm done, I can't hear out my left ear most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm half deaf so for me i have to get my center so that then i can go ahead and deliver the service and i have to pump myself up just like the athletes have to pump themselves up so that i can go ahead and get ready to go and that may seem kind of weird no but i mean if they're relying on you i mean as
1: we know you could very well be the reason why they don't get paid just like you could be so you gotta you know you gotta i mean Game I know plenty of coaches, just like at any level, you know, if you're responsible, a part of it, you know, there's a part of it, you know, it's not the major percentage, but there's a good part. But for you, you can really mess these dudes up. So you really do got to be on point. Because I'm sure you're probably also people want to talk to you, hang out, but you got to be focused at the same time, blah,
2: blah, blah. And you're actually doing manual work. So it ain't easy, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's really, really funny, Khalil. A lot, of, a lot of people say, oh, you know what? You men, you can't multitask. You go and you watch any of my YouTube videos you're watching multitasking at its finest, baby, (laughs) telling you what, you know? So, but yeah, I I think as a whole, you know, to continue with your question, it's very tough for you guys to go ahead and find somebody. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to rely on the people that you already trust. See if you can find somebody that's actually going to deliver the goods. Somebody who actually takes x-rays, knows what they're looking at and be able to share with you symptoms and things like that, that they've predicted based upon the neurobiomechanical interpretation on your films and if they can go ahead and do that now you know you're with probably the right guy or gal that's a skill set in itself if they say hey you know what i uh i used to believe in x rays and uh now i don't i don't do x rays anymore because i'm just that good at palpating i always tell my patients when i'm at a contest i don't have all the data I'm giving you my best guess. That's fair. If you're in my office, I'm guessing less because I have more data and the outcomes should be better, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's better to have more information than less. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, and that's the other thing too is you know getting in there and working with people like yourself who's a trainer. You know, I've got uh, we're in process and networking with a lot of people here locally, but you know it takes a long time before you get to be trusted as a uh, as a resource. You know what I mean? And it does take time to get good at a craft. Okay, I mean I was pretty talented, you know, at the very beginning, but I'm light years different than where I was because I kept growing, right? And yeah. so it's as you get now. Huh? <laughs> Which is fun though. I mean, it's
1: funny that people that are afraid to do it, I'm like, it's fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, I just, I, I do something, you know, Manny, Dr. Manny, who works in the office with me, he's, he's mm-hmm. on my fellowship program. He, um, he, he just looks at me and he goes, where did that come from? You know? And I look at him, he goes, you made that up just now, didn't you? And I go, yeah. I said, it works. <laughs> when you know, what it is you're trying to achieve, you can figure out a way. Doesn't matter what it is. Life.
1: Tell me a little bit about that story of how you got hurt. I got to hear that again because I didn't really hear too well the Swiss. Just well,
2: what had happened was I had, I had left the police department. I got a part-time job while I was waiting to go ahead and get my application for the state mm-hmm. police to go ahead and be processed. And so I worked for a company that did um, uh, cleaning processes in foundries. Foundry is where they go ahead and they make metal parts for things like uh, engines, engine parts, right? And so what they do is they often will go ahead and take a hot 2,500, 3,000 degree hot molten steel and they will pour it into a silicone mold and then they'll let that mold cool, and then they'll put it on a shaker. The shaker will then shake all of the silicone sand, which is all fine particles, all that off, and then it'll fall in conveyor, and then that conveyor will take the sand away, and the parts that were in the sand that are now a solid piece will go ahead and get processed and go to a different conveyor, all right? Okay,
1: yeah, I've seen that, yeah, yeah.
2: So we were there to go ahead and take care of all the silicone sand. Well, we got through the entire day, just kind of give you an idea in that foundry is 104 degrees in the middle of summer. Oh, okay. I remember that day going outside and sitting on the bench out in the hot sun and it was 100 degrees and we were actually cool. You get the human body's amazing. It will get used to things like that. You know, we you and me we may go to the desert right now and get all hot and sweaty, feel like we're dying. But in about two weeks, we could handle anything in that desert.
1: Right.
2: It's just your body will adapt, or you yeah. die. <laughs> the <laughs> right?
1: week won't survive.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, I was I was in process of you know cleaning up things. We were getting ready to finish up the day. I was helping my crew, I was a supervisor, and I'm sweeping the broom. Unbeknownst to me, right behind, there was a cage that was supposed to be there where the drive rollers were that ran the main processing rollers for that entire drive system for the conveyor system my broom got stuck in it because there was no guard the broom momentum pulled me in with it and i was in Mm. there for eight minutes while those two rollers about the size of 55 gallon drums were trying to suck me through the other side
1: oh yeah that's like shit in a movie
2: (laughs) yeah Fortunately, there, there was an upright that I was told that I grabbed onto and literally doing a real four-life Viking hold for eight minutes while my arm was being ripped off my body. How did they
1: get stopped?
2: They finally found out where to shut it off. There were no Oh, my God. It. There was no guard. I backed into it. The rest is history. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so no, what was
1: the recovery process of that?
2: I... Scar tissue is something that you never recover from. It constantly shrinks. So, I still have to work out. I still have to move. I still have to keep functioning in order to keep the nerve pathways and the scar tissue from collapsing.
1: Mm. You ever have yeah. to deal with anybody that has scar tissue from chest
2: tubing? I have one of those too. Because because I have like five. And yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I have one. I have one over here because when they were putting because this the vascular system was gone in here. They can only stick needles in here so long, so they did what they call subclavian. The doctor popped my lung, so they had to do the chest tube in here. So um, yeah, dude, it's it's scar tissue that you're dealing with in there. They just you know nobody nobody that's ever not had that understands how that works, and it is the strangest thing, literally being shish
1: right it's terrible it's terrible and
2: you remember the thunk the thunk sound it makes and the dude messed up the first time he had to do it twice Ah, ah, ah. yeah and then the tube goes in and you feel that in your lung holes right yeah yeah (laughs) and and when you breathe it rubs your lung oh yeah yeah That is just the the, yeah. And then when they pull it out, that's right. And then yeah, exactly. And then they got you, you know, sucking air on a tube trying to make sure that you you can get expand your lungs still, right? Oh yeah. No, dude. I've had I've had those. I've had the vacuum things to go after they cut my lats out of my back. I'm missing half my bicep brachialis, all my brachialis, some of my tricep. My armpit is has been destroyed. I'm missing both lats in my back. And I'm missing multiple, all the scar, all my my thighs are all scarred. And then I've got um, a, bit, a vein extraction as well that they they took to reinsert in the arm while they were re, rebuilding everything. So, I mean, I dropped down to 165 pounds, which is, you know, for a guy that's 6'3", that's pretty daggum skinny. Mm-hmm. And I had no muscle tone at all. But on Instagram, you can actually dig up one of the uh, pictures of me back in 1993 with a 21-inch bicep, and uh, and I had a 52-inch chest without lats in my back. You know, I've been able to do 500-pound deadlifts for 20 with no lats and only one good arm. I've been able to do, you know, bench presses, 365 for reps on incline with only one good arm. I've done everything that I ever wanted to do. I've body mm-hmm. done bodybuilding, I've done the other stuff, and I've done competed as strongman too, where I end up almost blowing my knee out, <laughs> thinking, hmm, maybe I should come up with another way to stay involved. So being the doctor, being the strongman doc, yeah, it's it's worked out.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know? So that, that's kind of the short of it. But I, I tell you what, the arm itself, if you go ahead and hit your thumb, it swells a lot of times, right? And throbs. Yeah. Well. If it just continues to swell, that can actually become gangrenous or with gangrene, right? And then right. they have to cut it off because it turns into infection. <clears throat> well, my arm did the same thing. My fingers got so big that there's there's scar tissue in here. I know you can't see it. There's scar tissue between my fingers because I had such no, a big banana it. fingers that it started to rot between my fingers. Oh, wow. All right? So that's, that was bad news, but they filleted everything off. Like I said, had to cut out all the dead stuff, ruined my modeling career. And, you know, another reason I had to go to chiropractic college.
1: <laughs>
2: so, but uh, no, I mean, you know, there's more to it, but I, I used to sit in my bed trying to get my thumb to twitch, just trying to focus on something to get it to move because they're like, yeah, we think your arm's dead. We don't know what's going to happen to it on a Wednesday. I'm there sweating. I'm just keep trying and trying and trying. And my thumb twitched. I'm mean, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did that just twitch? Because I said that that wasn't going to happen. I twitched.
1: Just so when you focus on it for like hours I'm on
2: end. Focused. I mean, I'm in there sweating like I'm doing a 500 pound deadlift for 20. Okay. So <laughs> You're I'm in doing there isometrics
1: sweating, sweating. in your brain. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I ended yeah. up getting in. I had the nurses come down. And, and one of them, I remember, she says, I don't see it. I go, damn it. It moved. You know, <laughs> it moved. And so, uh, anyway, yeah, that was that was pretty wild. Um, the doctor came in on Friday, and uh, he stood at the window, and he goes, I don't know what's going on here, but this is kind of amazing. And he said, I wanted to let you know that we had you scheduled to have your arm removed on Monday. Oh, wow. Which would have been really awkward because after that, everyone probably would have called me lefty. I know you got to have sick jokes, otherwise life is too too. Bad. Oh, that's true. I know. You know, you got to you got to have a sick sense of humor. No, bring,
1: bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> it right. Helps, you know, it helps. It helps. It's therapeutic. Yeah. You
2: know? <laughs> so yeah, man. I you know it's just it's it's interesting, and my life has been nothing but crazy since my uh, my wife actually was one of my nurses in the hospital. So Between her and another nurse yes. named Connie so I don't know she thinks Connie got the better of the deal because she married a dentist <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did the dentist get the, did the dentist bench
1: 365 uh, I don't know no, like, I don't know that oh. my wife
2: even cares you know I don't think we she do
1: cares. that though don't we? we we say shit like that don't we I know right
2: it's like <laughs> hey but <putt."> yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> so if nothing else at least we had fun tonight right we did. And, and I really, I really appreciate
1: it. I, I know you're, I know you're busy and it's just cool. Like, I mean, the biggest goal for me is always selfishly, I get to learn from, from great people that I've had on my part. And I'm always surprised when people say yes. It's, it's always cracks me up. But it's because I think it's because I'm also choosing people that are a lot like me, where it's like people like, man, I can help some more people. And you just get hammed. You know what I mean? um And it's too, it's like, even if you're not, I always say, if you're, if you're not able to see me as a strength coach or this person, in this area, maybe you live here, I got somebody for you. And that's like the biggest thing I've done with my pop because I've had athletes, if they're traveling here, oh, you're traveling here. Can you go to this gym? I don't even want you to do online program with me. If you can work with this strength coaching person, you know, and if I can do that more and more with all the areas of our field, you know what I mean? Just kind of like how you're doing, you know, it's just like more people can learn, more people can teach and. And less mistakes can be made, you know, that's what matters,
2: you know, and have some laughs in between. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, you know, like I said earlier, it's very rare in life that you can actually have a win-win scenario. And what I'm trying to do in concert with, you know, these strength organizations that we've talked about is to develop a system that can be really beneficial for everybody. And, uh, you know, if I can do another shameless plug to go ahead and get other chiropractors engaged in what it is I am doing, uh, if they can go to strongmandoc.world, you can go all the way to the bottom of the, uh, of the, uh, the thing, and it actually has the pricing for the students and then also the, the chiropractic doctors. Uh, we're going to give them some swag. You know, you see me in my, uh, you saw me in my jersey that I had with the ICA. Um, we're going to do jerseys for, in fact, we, we're in process of ordering those jerseys now, uh, so that the doctors themselves can feel like they're part of the team. And our mm-hmm. goal is to develop a worldwide team of chiropractors with skill sets that people will pay for that are going to be reproducible and allow them to perform maximally. And uh and, and I don't think that's a bad goal. No, that's a
1: pretty awesome goal. I mean, just
2: and I think it's just gonna also change the
1: narrative because a lot of people like me, it's like it's like, man, I could see what the benefit is, but there's too many people where I'm like from afar. It's like I can just tell this is a little bit more quacky than it is gonna be helpful. And it's like if I'm paying the money, I, I you know, if I can either finagle a way around it, if I can go to a physical therapist, if I or or I just deal with the pain and try to manage it, I'm gonna do that rather than it looks like this person doing something that's gonna paralyze me. I, I don't
2: know if that's worth it. You know what I mean? Well, right, I have people have cram- been a little concerned yeah. about me doing some of that, but you know, <laughs> it, is, it looks a lot worse than it is, right?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, thank you so bro. much for the opportunity. No, no, no. I mean, it's
1: funny when people say that, but I always have people that are so big. So it's like, no, thank you for coming on, especially late at night. You know, you got your wife and everything. I don't know if you have kids, but like, your busy schedule i really appreciate it so
2: well my kids are all grown i'm working on the grandkids scene right now oh wow oh but that's
1: the that's the fun job that's the fun
2: job yeah yeah so i can go to bed anytime i want to i can (laughs) eat my dessert and my ice cream before (laughs) supper too all right (laughs) <laughs> and i and What's it that? looks like i do it too
1: <laughs> well shit you look really good at one point you know you put in your time you can say look i got i got the, the pictures and video so look look what i did yeah, now i'm gonna cares. enjoy life a little bit yeah, <laughs> that's, that enjoy. <laughs> that,
2: that's the funny thing it's like you know if you ain't doing it right now it don't count
1: yeah that's true that's not fair <laughs> um so tell everybody where they can find you all your sources and and i guess also the different places where to find you for what?
2: Um, pretty much if if <clears throat> if people we take care of the people who are in trouble most of the time. That's why I <clears throat> call my office in chiro, IN Chiropractic and Wellness, like Indiana, in <clears throat> chiropractic and wellness. Um, and you can go to inchiropractic.com. Uh, <clears throat> super simple email or, or website address, right? So Inchiropractic.com for chiropractic stuff. Um, my office number and everything you can go ahead and get. It's got my emails, got my cell phone on there. Um, everything is on there, okay? Um, as chiropractors, if you want to learn how to be better at your craft and want the opportunity to go ahead and expand your craft into literally every potential sport out there, because the skill sets that I've developed will cross every sport. There's not one sport it's not good for. And there's a reason why I know that, right? Because I've taken care of a lot of people in all those different <laughs> venues, right? So, but if the doctors want to do that, strongmandoc.world.
1: And just, um, could you do me a favor in the next day or two? Could you just send me a good profile pic of you and then like a one to two sentence bio so I can use it for the post on Instagram? To, to promote um,
2: yeah, I can actually go ahead and and create a you know there's a link already on there that has my CV on it. And oh, okay, okay. As far as getting a good profile pic, that's kind of an oxymoron because I ain't pretty anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just decent. Give me something decent. I'm you decent. decent, okay. <laughs> All
2: right, decent's okay. <laughs> I can do decent, right? Ish. Yeah. right. And then I I may
1: I may probably just take some of the because you have some cool videos of you like working on people. I'll probably use that and then put some of the audio from like one of my favorite parts on the podcast over that.
2: 100%. Use that
1: decent profile pick as the cover photo of the real,
2: you know, all that stuff. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah. And
1: all that. And now there's a the good pick I like.
2: that's a uh, it's it's me with an orange jersey that was done by Meathead uh, Movie Productions, and uh, I kind of like that one. So I'll probably send that one to you. Okay. Um, But yeah, they, you can go to YouTube. You look type in hashtag Strongman Doc um you know i'm i'm pretty much everywhere you follow me on instagram follow me on facebook follow me on youtube um i think that's uh, i think it's doc McDougall on x um I, I think that's all i've got right now i don't i don't know but uh there's so many platforms out there that i don't have time to you know right. nurse all of them <laughs> you know really truly yeah. so busy busy you know it's like i tell people i'm busy making money by but touching butts <laughs> well man know, it was, it was awesome having Yeah, no that's good <laughs> we're,
1: we're, we're not pg-13 on my good
2: good i yeah, think yeah, i yeah, did yeah. pretty well i didn't really hardly even swear today which is really not like me so well, that means that
1: means we just got to Get a drink in you. And get, let's get <laughs> loose.
2: I have to send you a bottle of scotch or something. <laughs> scotch together on the next the next episode. Right? Oh, I like that.
1: I like that. That's good. <laughs> next time, well, definitely. Um, one of the guys that I've been meaning to uh, take his seminar, Jason Gusick. I believe he's in Indiana. He runs Conjugate Tactical. So, okay. if I ever get around to taking that one, I'm definitely going to come see you. Yeah. <laughs> so then Dude. I don't have to. I can just. I can be at peace when I'm getting adjusted. I don't
2: have to worry about it. You, you may not feel that way.
1: And now, if I get messed up, I will haunt you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, you will not be messed up because not not any worse than you already are. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> that's why well, I think we're going to be good friends. Yeah. Messed up, I messed uh, up. It's good. That's great. Uh,
1: well, I appreciate you. You have a good rest of your night, and uh, I'll, I'll 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 keep you on the loop when I, I'm about to post it. Okay.
2: Okay, yeah, and, and I have a lot of people that are excited. I know that uh, they have, um, uh, I've shared your link. Uh, yes. To, you know, and you may have seen some of that already. So uh, I'll do what I can on that. Um, just as a side note, um, you you have a fellow by the name of uh, Tom Inklandon that you yes, have yeah. an interview of. If yeah. he was a strongman athlete, I actually treated him. Back in two thousand, at one of the events in which he blew out his knee, and reset knee so that he could get back to have the surgical process done.
1: Wow, that's crazy!
2: If it's the same guy, he actually used to work uh, write for uh, testosterone. Was it testosterone? Yeah, that's him.
1: Yeah, 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 that's
2: him. Yeah. So I figured that name was just unusual enough that he he (laughs) definitely remember me. <laughs> because That's he wrote a, cool. he wrote an article about what had happened at that event. That yeah. was that was pretty cool.
1: <laughs>
2: I think it was in 2000. I'm pretty sure it was.
1: Yeah, I bet you you probably know a few people on there because I've had a lot of people that are that are either elite FTS guys, West Side guys, you know, and all in that Ohio Indiana area. Mm-hmm. I'm su- I'm sure. Like I have plenty of friends that own gyms in Indiana or Ohio, yeah. and you know all that stuff that I've had on the pod. So there's probably other people that know you. I mean, yeah. Well, I tell
2: you, you know, sometimes you're either famous or notorious or maybe a little both.
1: (laughs) Right. That's good to be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I've had a lot of fun, man. This is, this is great. I I hope that you can, there's stuff that you can use on this, that that'll help you kind of move things forward. But, uh, and if you need to take clips or whatever to go ahead and advertise or market or you know, do whatever you need to do with it. I mean, i I don't think I've said anything on here that is, uh, is is too. No, you watch your P's and cues. I tried a little bit.
1: <laughs> you know, you told the line, which I like. You know, you told it. Yeah,
2: well, listen, <laughs> it's it's one of those things, man. You, you I, I ain't dead yet, so I got to still play the game, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the yeah. deal.
1: Those last ten seconds—that's when you really start saying the stuff.
2: <laughs> Let it fly. Yeah. Well, that's that's the good clips you put on the front side, going. What? <laughs> right. Yeah, yes, sir. All right. Mm. Listen, Part bedtime way. for me. Probably, you guys. You guys up super late, don't you? You young guys. No.
1: No. 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 Especially with the with the C. You know, yeah. I got I got I got clients at seven too, so I got to get up.
2: Yeah. yeah. Are you you doing okay, man?
1: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I'm about to start this, uh like I'm I'm doing immunotherapy and chemotherapy for about six more weeks, and then I gotta do a stem cell transplant. So that's that's gonna kind of mess me up because that's who's gonna I get three weeks in the hospital, one week of doing the chemo, That is it's basically two weeks of recovery. Mm-hmm. And then it's three months, three to six months. I'll probably be a little bit faster. Everything I've done, I've recovered faster. Um, but it's three months of just sitting at home because your immune system is reset essentially. So I'll be well, the one out and that's where house, you know
2: <laughs> and, and you know what? And this is where a chiropractor with with decent skills and a short algorithm might be able to help because Jeez. your immune system right here, this is your thymus yeah. gland. You go ahead and that's get where my mouth is too. Is it no shit?
1: Yeah, resting. Mm-hmm.
2: So the interesting thing is, it makes me wonder how, what an adjustment, how it would help you,
1: mm.
2: you know, and it doesn't even have to be much, get in there, get that Atlas, maybe open up your shoulders a little bit, stay away from this, but you can open up T1, get in there and boom, adjust that, mm. help keep your shoulders clear, help open up your lungs a little bit.
1: Yeah. Cause my lungs got messed up bad from it. I mean, my right was completely collapsed when I first got diagnosed with it.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah they say my lungs look excellent now, but it's still like, I know what my excellent really is. You know what I mean? So. hundred yeah, um, percent. Especially with all the scar tissue on the side. It's
2: yeah. yeah. Well, and that's just going to be an irritant, you yeah. know, and part of it is because you're not working it as hard as you could be, which will kind of flatten yeah. it all out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I still have a dip, you know, a, a, a dimple right here where, where they poked it especially because now i got a chubby spot over here right
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so it's like i got a belly button over here now <laughs> yeah that's kind of disgusting i know i'm just sharing. <laughs> right? i like it hey listen you know <laughs> no team right so but uh yeah dude don't you know don't worry about that try and keep your you know your chin up and uh mm. i actually i'm going to send you a message I, I saw that your phone number came up over here on the uh the witch call it so then you'll have my cell phone number so if you need to okay. talk man you know just give me a shout and you know we'll we'll custody each other and shit and that, that'll make every, everything better right
1: well i appreciate you man thank you for going the extra mile and just spending this time with me you yeah. know this, this is a lot of fun
2: it's fine i i hope this i hope this here helps blow up your uh your podcast in a good way
1: Yeah, <laughs> that'll be good that'll be good added bonus
2: yeah yeah i've never been called that before
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, now, the only thing i hate about this is that i don't get to hang out with people in person that i really like yeah, that's, that's the shitty part you
2: know but you know the, the the wonderful thing on the side though at the at the same time is is that because of this technology we're able to do this and get to know each other yeah. a so yeah. you know it, it, you take the good you take the bad you know yeah. you work with what it is You know, I'm fortunate, you know, that I've got friends all over the place, you know, all over the all over the world. And Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just the same way, though. You know, you feel kind of like, gee, it'd be really nice to talk to Magnus right now. Mm -hmm. You know, or be really nice. I wonder how Nick is. Maybe I should just call Nick. You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So the big thing for you, do you have kids yet?
1: No, not yet.
2: Yeah, so you know that, that that that's the thing is you know spend time with the people that you really really care about. That group's yeah. going to be small, you know. Yeah, it is. It really. is. I learned
1: that from cancer. I'm telling you, that was one of the biggest lessons. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. being able to narrow it down.
2: Yep, and that's and that's a tough that's a tough reality. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I realized rather quickly that, you know, here I went through this huge life changing event, and when I got out of the hospital. Nobody knew anything about it. I could have been dead for years and nobody knew it. It just tells me the world goes on without, with or without us, right? And something that was really weird was, you know, I spent most of my life working in, you know, in the fields and the farms and, you know, living in the country and whatnot, right? As a kid, you know, I used to milk cows, baling hay, you know, all those kinds of things that farm kids do, even though I didn't grow up on a farm, I worked on them. But the weird thing was I never ever my whole life until I walked out of the hospital after being in there for three months with, you know, nothing but bleak diagnoses. Um, and the first thing that I noticed when I walked out the door was I could smell the corn in the field. I could smell it, I could taste it. That's weird. Open up. Yeah.
1: Realize what's important. More you grounded. Know? Yeah. <clears throat> Not caught
2: so up in the BS. So I, I guess that's the thing, you know, that I want to share with you is, is that kind of thing. You know, if you can, you know, I, I've got my my deck back here kind of set up. I don't have a big mega house. I probably have one of the nicer houses in Vinoville, you know, with my brick front on it. But, you know, I, I got a decent deck. I planted a couple trees out there, got a waterfall. And, dude, I mean, this morning I went out there. No sound, no noise, drank my coffee, ate my oatmeal, and just soaked it in. And, you know, really, that's living. And it's, it's cleansing for your soul. And so, you know, if you get a chance to do those kinds of things, do it. Do it with your gal, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing is with her, you know, she's going through this in a different way than you are. Yeah you know, and it's hard, it's hard, you know, you know, it's scary, you know, but, uh, dude, I mean, you know, the first thing for you is just be able to talk about it, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, for me, I used to laugh and cut up the entire time, and they're like, dude, your arms, like,
0: gangly, awful, you stink,
2: your arms rotting, you're in there cutting up jokes, you know, and, dude, that, that's, that's how I, that's how I manage, that's how I still manage, I mean, you know, people, are like, well, you take care of your athletes, you take care of your patients, you know, wow, that seems like that might be a little inappropriate. And it's like, but am I real? Mm -hmm. Am I involving and engaging that person? Not as a patient, but as a person, how do you engage that person? Um, I, I will share with you. I don't know if you are familiar with it, but one of my favorite movies on how to probably be the worst doctor, but how to be the best doctor at the same time. And that is Patch Adams with Robin Williams. Have you ever seen it? I
1: don't know if I have, but I'm a Robin Williams fan. I don't know if I have. Patch Adams. I'm going to write it down. It's
2: got him, I think, on the cover with great big shoes and a red nose. One of my favorite movies. Okay, I got to watch that. Watch it with comedy. your watch it with your girl. <laughs> you guys will lose your shit. It is funny,
1: <laughs> but
2: it's also very sad. There's a sad spot in there too.
1: That's a good. That's a good
2: one though. That's how they get you. Oh yeah, it sucks <laughs> you in, man, all the way through. Sucks you right in. It's, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. But uh, you know, I'll share that one with you. Notebook's another good one. That seems like a chick film. It's a good, I watched that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, Patch Adams, great movie. And uh, whenever you go and you, you you see it from now on, then you go and you look at me and you go, "Uh huh, I see where he's, going.
1: <laughs>
2: I see where he's going." So, but yeah, everybody just needs to be tr- just, just need to be real. I think that's the most important thing. So, so I guess I'll I'll leave it with that, huh?
1: Mm, that's a good note. I like we want a good movie.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> So you probably get on
1: Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I got <laughs> how many damn streaming services I've subscribed to now. I'll get it. Oh, I'll get it. <laughs> right?
2: No, yeah, I get it, dude. Try. I get it. As long as you cancel Disney, you're all right.
1: I still got Disney because I love Star Wars.
2: Oh I get dude. rid of Disney. I gotta keep it for the Star dude. Wars. They cancel culture, one of the main characters. <laughs> They're out of here.
1: Oh yeah, that, with the snow, the snow white one. Oh I yeah. Oh, like, well, don't even get it. Now we're going to get, don't know. We got to say off air good shit. That's, good shit. that's <laughs> good
2: shit. <laughs> going to be. I don't know. I got right, some right. people
1: that, oh, they're getting hey, mad I, listen, good men. Hey, listen, I
2: figured you cut it off by now already. <laughs> oh, no, no, I did. I did. I did. <laughs>
1: but yeah, them changing everything and trying to redo instead of just creating some new stories. I'm like, Jesus, do y'all have no writers anymore? Why do we have to get rid of everything? We just make some new ones (laughs) that's
2: because people don't have original thought anymore yeah that's the rub that's the rub not cool well i tell you what i think you and i we can hang out we can have some fun (laughs) so we'll just have to you know if you ever need uh, to do something you want to go ahead and uh, you have questions on maybe different people to get involved um uh, i got some ideas already um, some people that you know you might have a lot of fun with so okay. uh, I'll see some of them here in a few weeks but uh, we'll,
1: we'll see okay right I, look I mean, forward if you're interested like in on more
2: guests oh yeah oh yeah and it's
1: it's funny because my girls or well, my wife is always like telling me like oh interview this person and it's I already had like mixed ADHD kind of brain fucking before this and then you have <laughs> chemo brain now so it's like I'm always forgetting to dm this person Oh dang, and then you know with the algorithm with Instagram, you don't see somebody for six eight months, you're like, Oh, I was supposed to interview them like a you know what I mean? so yes, yeah, send send them my way, please.
2: That yeah. that'd be great, man. That'd be really, really good. That'd be good. Yeah. All right, well, this uh, old guy's past his bedtime.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm young and old.
2: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, you got you got an excuse, yeah. You know? i right, get I'll give you a pass. How's that? once you kick this shit, you ain't getting no more passes, all right? Oh, no, no. We're right back at it. You're going to get kicked in the junk like the rest of us. (laughs) Hopefully just not by the universe or whatever's been
1: kicking my ass lately. You
2: know? Dude, you know what? You hope it ends here soon, you
1: know, as far as that (laughs) ass kicking, right? Yeah. Nah, I want the weights to be the only thing kicking my ass for a while. <laughs> Amen.
2: Well, you know what? You'll you'll be you'll be back on top soon, dude. You just gotta you just gotta keep your heads. You gotta keep your head right. Yes, sir. You know. Yeah. You know. And I don't know if hanging yeah. around with people like me is gonna help, but you know, I guess it's worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. I'm gonna sign off. You take care of yourself. Have a great night. And thank, thank you. you for the opportunity.
1: No, thank you. I'll talk to you soon, okay?
2: All right,
0: buddy. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review, share with friends. If you know someone or you're a coach that would like to be on the podcast, please DM me on Instagram. That's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. If you'd like to purchase the book, The Basketball Player's Training Guide, you can find that in the link tree in my bio. If you're interested in programming, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, If you want to download some of the previous seminars, recordings, you can do that through that link tree. And uh, look forward to some of the new guests that are coming on. We got a lot of good people coming. So stay tuned and stay clean. Peace.